0: Greetings, SAG-AFTRA strike supporters, and welcome to Tune Out. I am your host, TV's Noah and This will be a podcast where we do something other than stay tuned. With me, as always,
1: is Laura Prince. Hi, and we also want to say that we stand in solidarity with the Writers Guild of America, too.
0: Did I not include them? You did not. I apologize.
1: (laughs) So I wanted to make sure we, we got them in there. Now that I've corrected you, what's up?
0: So uh, today, the, uh, our lovely patrons who are sticking by us uh, during these weird times uh, have asked us to uh, take some time to discuss our theater experiences. Our live theater experiences. So we're going to take some time and talk about uh, some of the best and worst shows that we've gone to and been a part of. Okay. So I think the best way to do this would be to start with shows that we've seen. And then we'll transition to our acting careers. So what do you want to start with, our best or our worst, when it comes to going to see live theater? Um,
1: let's start with our best. I feel like it's, I feel like I'd feel very unkind, starting off with, like, things I didn't like about live theater.
0: Okay, that's fine. Do do you have your immediate, like, what was the best show you've ever seen?
1: One of my favorite live theater experiences. It's not the best show I've ever seen, but I really—I saw Evil Dead the musical.
0: Oh yes,
1: at the Prince Music Theater in Philly, and it stayed with me because I think we've talked about this. I think I've told the story recently about the Splatter Zone and the Blood Geyser. Yes,
0: but do do retell.
1: Uh, So at the very end of the show, there's geysers in the ceiling that shoot blood all over a audience group known as the splatter zone and we saw it on a night that the blood geyser decided to malfunction
0: yes in the best way uh, possible and it
1: just kept going and going and going and the actor who played ash eventually just looked down at the audience forced to address it and went well you paid for the splatter zone pal
0: yeah well, the rest of the actors couldn't hold it together. They no. all just started giggling to themselves.
1: Because it went on for a solid minute. That does yeah. not sound like a long time. Mm-hmm. But if you <laughs> just sit in silence for a minute, yeah. and then you'll be like, oh, oh, it's a really long time. Yeah.
0: And also, like, imagine sitting for a full minute under, like, a sprinkler head. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I, I just remember that wonderful moment where Ash said, it's got to be almost done now. And yeah, it just <laughs> just started to sputter as it reached the end of its uh, <laughs> container of blood.
1: Yeah, cause it eventually just ran out. Yeah. It didn't fix itself. No. It just ran out of blood. <laughs>
0: And so Ash high-fived everybody. (laughs) That, yeah, it's those, like, very special, like, this is live theater moments are always, like, very special when you know you're seeing something that, like, doesn't usually happen.
1: Yes. I love when you see something that, like, is a harmless, funny mishap.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: No one was hurt, no one was harmed. It was just a moment. Uh, I found out this dirt about the recent revival of The Music Man that apparently Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster planted character breaks. Oh, really? To convince the audience they were seeing something special.
0: Oh. But that's... because of
1: the internet, everyone's like, "Did they break at this part too for your show?"
0: Hmm, that's interesting. Because that—that's a big um, stand-up comedy move. Is you misspeak on purpose so you can do other jokes you have planned. Yeah. So, that makes sense.
1: But that that's the first one that stands out for me, because it was an enjoyable show. Uh, it's one of, it's such a fun show technologically, uh, just because it's so analog.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because uh, the set, they do do the possessed house, but they don't lean on the projections that a lot of modern musical theater. Pro- mm-hmm. So, someone's off stage grabbing, like, strings mm-hmm. to pull stuff, and the moose head is a... Puppet that speaks and eventually sings.
0: Yeah. You thought that the musical was great. I really what enjoyed it. What a great it. show that is.
1: We saw it twice in the Prince Music Theater. Mm-hmm.
0: That's how good it was. Required twice viewings. Uh, for me, the first one I always think of is uh, I, I, I went to school for theater and we would go to the American College Theater Festival. And. Basically, there were workshops and stuff, but I always went and I tried to see as many shows as pop as possible. And I saw hair. Okay. And like I remember it was like it was the hot show to see at ACTF that year. And the cast came out before the show while we were in line and just like improved a song. Like a stomp song. Like they were banging on the walls and stuff. At the end they have, like, this big celebration because it's, it's let the sunshine in. Yeah. And they just grabbed people out of their seats. And...
1: Had them dance in the them aisles, them pulled them on stage. Yeah,
0: so I was on stage at the end with, like, all these other people just dancing with the cast. And uh, they won Best Show. So, like, I was just on stage during that. I was like, this is crazy. And uh, one of my... my uh fellow actors that I knew that I looked up to a lot. His name was Jeff. Uh, He was seated front row and at intermission uh, one of the cast members came out and stole his hat and then during intermission they had a chase scene through the set (laughs) where he was trying to get his hat back.
1: I want my hat.
0: Yeah, I was like that's very interesting to see happen. And like so many people thought it was a plan. And I was like, no, that's my buddy Jeff. He's definitely not part of this show.
1: Yeah. He just <laughs> wants his hat back.
0: So, like, it, that was very, like, very free and, like, oh, it was such a good show. It, it's, it might be the best show I've ever seen was that that hair.
1: Yeah, hair is a very interesting show because it's so, uh, it gives so much freedom to its actors mm-hmm. in a way That not as many shows do now. Yeah. That was a very... I I always think I lump hair and Godspell together. Yeah, Godspell
0: is very similar in that that kind of freedom.
1: And... Because I remember, like, Godspell, everyone... uh, My school did Godspell because it was... uh, The rights were cheap. And... You could just kind of make the costumes out of anything. Mm -hmm. And the only person who got vetoed was a friend of mine named John... Tried to borrow my Batman t-shirt, <laughs> but he wasn't playing Judas.
0: Yeah, if you were playing Judas, that would make sense, because Jesus famously pla- wears a Superman shirt in that, that shirt. Yeah,
1: and that's the only reason he was not allowed to wear that shirt.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good.
1: Because uh, that Batman shirt was in, I think, three productions that year. Mm. I wore it once.
0: <laughs> I will definitely have a lot to say about uh, Godspell when we get to things we've been in.
1: I'm trying to think, I, you kind of have a lot of, there's so much sentimentality mm-hmm. attached to these experiences because that's, I mean, that's what makes live theater so fascinating. Yeah. Is that so much is going to be attached to your personal experience in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I'm obviously, I'm thinking about the producers. Okay. Okay. Uh, The Producers was the very first Broadway show I ever went to. Oh, really? Yes. My mom gave me a choice. I could have a sweet 16 birthday party or she would take me to New York City for the weekend. We would do like a behind the scenes showbiz tour. Cool. Where we went to Radio City Music Hall and toured and met a rockette. Nice. They took you to a Broadway theater and walked you around backstage and showed you props. Mm. Uh, so I was on the stage of the New Amsterdam Theater where Lion King was playing at that time. Oh, wow. Uh, and I like got to look at the set. You, they they were like, please don't touch anything. Yeah, for the and love of God. I was a theater kid, so I was like, I'm not going to touch up yeah. Broadway actors' props.
0: Yeah,
1: Stage <laughs> manager would have my head on a spike outside <laughs> as a warning. And, but they were like, do you, and they were like... There was only, like, three people on this tour. It was, like, my mom and I and then, like, one other family. And they looked at me and the other, like, teenager who had clearly dragged their family. And they were like, do you guys want to sing something on the stage? Ooh. <laughs> and I was like, hey. Uh, so I sang What I Did for Love on oh, a wow. Broadway stage. Oh, wow. Which, in front of no one. Because it was yeah, an empty course. theater. But, like, it's a thing I got to do. Mm-hmm. And I just realized, uh, I hope our friends don't listen to this, because if we ever do play Dirty Laundry, the dropout show, that's yeah. a really good Dirty Laundry for me.
0: Yeah, that is a really good one. Wow,
1: that's incredible. I didn't know that. Uh, but none of that is about the producers. Uh, that was the show mm-hmm. that I went to go see. And it was the first time I had gotten to like really look at what was playing in New York and choose something for myself. Hmm. I saw a show in the West End before I saw saw something on Broadway.
0: Yeah? What'd you say?
1: Uh, I saw Les Miserables in Phantom of the Opera. Ah, very nice. My family went to London. We were given like, what do you want to do? And everybody, I know my family had like, my mom wanted to see the Sherlock Holmes Museum. And I was like, I'd like to see a show on the West End because I'm a theater kid. Mm-hmm. And they went, which show? And then I played a game. Mm-hmm. I couldn't choose between Les Misérables and Phantom of the Opera for no reason—not because they were my mom's two favorite shows, and I thought I could grift tickets to both.
0: Well played. And
1: I did, but that hit it hit different. And I went to the stage door, right? And I met some of the actors. I met the actor who was playing Carmen Gia at the time. Mm-hmm. This was long after the original Broadway cast. This was in like this was later in the two thousands, uh, because it opened in two thousand one. Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane were long gone. But there was something so incredibly magical about, like, my first Broadway show. And I made fun of my mom forever for it. Mm -hmm. Because she was worried that we would need to get a cab back to our hotel. Which was not that far from uh, the Broadway theater we were at, the St. James. It was, like, ten blocks. And she's like, it might be really scary at night. Because my mom is thinking of, like, Fear City, 1980s New York. Uh, and I was like, no, it's a theme park now. Yeah. And so we leave and we got out at the same time as The Lion King. So the streets were flooded with children with their little Simba plushies. As my mom was like, I guess we're not going to die.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, no, no, Virginia. <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> so I, it's nothing like the performance was good. It was the producers. Right. It was great. But. Uh, but that experience was so important to me. And it's like, I, we were at Sardi's over the summer mm-hmm. and I saw a mother and a daughter and I kind of got a little like choked up. Yeah. Because it was right around the same like situation.
0: Yeah. Uh, my first Broadway show was title of show. Uh with, all the way to
1: Broadway for a uh, four chairs set? Yeah.
0: They'll be fine with only four chairs. Uh when I was in uh, college, I had a friend who was super in the title of show and was like showing me the YouTube videos. And I was like, this is awesome. This is awesome. And then I went up to New York and it was the show I could get tickets for. Yes. And it wasn't very expensive. I was way up in the balconies. Uh, I remember I took a picture of my playbill and the usher yelled at me.
1: Yes. It was a, a very different time. Better. Yeah, Now they actually set up the pre-show show they want you to. Um, I think we have to. We're gonna say this now because this is yeah. gonna be. This is gonna come up. Uh, we saw Back to the Future this week. We saw opening night of Back to the Future. Yes. And the scrim or the like pre-show curtain actually says like no cell phone use during the show, or no photography. But you can take pictures of this. Yeah. And hashtag Back to the Future. People, it's now a thing to take a picture of your playbill and the thing, it's free advertising for yeah, now. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. So now
1: that it's actually strongly encouraged to take a picture with your playbill, take a picture under the marquee.
0: But they didn't want me to take pictures of the set because they didn't want pictures of the set to leak. It's four chairs, guys. <laughs> it's four chairs on a stage. Uh, it was fine. Uh Title of show has this weird issue of, like, the songs that were, like, out before they went to Broadway were the songs everybody knew and loved. Yeah. And then there's extra songs about being on Broadway that are not as good. (laughs) Like, one of the songs is called Awkward Photoshoot because one of the girls might not have been able to do the show and they were going to replace her. Oof. And it's just, it's not a good tune. Yeah. Like... The, the show really should end when they get to Broadway, because that's the moment. So, like, having the stuff being about the Broadway run was, like, weird. Um, and just, like, clearly not—they didn't have the time they had to write that song like they did with the other songs. Uh, I love Title of the Show. I think it's great. And uh, what it represents of, like, truly anyone can get to Broadway. It's hard, but truly anyone can. And uh, they're fine with only four chairs.
1: Yeah, I, I got curious and I wanted to look up something real quick. Uh, you kind of saw it in the hottest of seconds. Oh, it uh, was not on Broadway for long. Title of show did not run long at all. I was, I was curious. It ran from July to October.
0: Because uh, I, I was I was dating this, this girl and uh, we were trying to get to see a show. Uh, I wanted to see title of show. She wanted to see August County.
1: August Osage County.
0: Yeah, August Osage County. Which was
1: the hot play at that time.
0: Yeah. And I was like, as a compromise, and like something that I thought maybe we could get tickets to, I was like, why don't we go see November? And she yelled at me. Because she thought I was just doing a bit, that she wanted to see August and I was saying November. November was An a nation- An election Yeah. <laughs> and then like later on, she was like, oh, November's a real thing? And I was like, yes!
1: <laughs> I, I actually... I love doing jigsaw puzzles. Mm-hmm. And I have like three or four playbill puzzles I've amassed over time. And November was on one of them. Yeah. Because I looked, and it was playing at the Lyceum, which is one of the smaller Broadway houses. Uh, it has 900 seats, which I think is like... One, of, it's one of, it's not the smallest Broadway house. To mm-hmm. believe to be a Broadway house, you have to be over 500 seats. Yeah. So, uh, currently Grey House just closed at the Lyceum. A sign that you are in a smaller theater yeah, is that if straight, straight plays versus musicals, if a non-musical play generally mm-hmm. plays there, it's one of the smaller houses yeah. because those do not tend to sell as well with very few exceptions.
0: Mm-hmm. So I guess I, I've only have three Broadway uh, shows that I've seen. So I'll go through those very quickly. Because one, we saw Back to the Future. Yes. It was unbelievable. Uh, made me very happy. Uh, it stays very true to the the movie, which some people have an issue with. And that's dumb. <laughs> uh, but amazing performers. Uh I don't have a bad word to say about a single actor.
1: Anyways. No, everyone really Some people are actually like almost a little uncanny. Yeah. Like the actor playing Biff is oh. nearly uncanny.
0: Yeah, he's perfect. Uh the only, they're very similar to the film except for the actor playing Doc
1: who is Roger Bart, who Roger is a Bart, yes. A musical theater mainstay. Mhm. I know him
0: from the producer's film.
1: Yes, he played Carmen Gia in the producer's film. Uh, I always think of him as playing uh, Victor in Young Frankenstein. Ah. And I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Roger Bart because we share a birthday. Ah. He was also in Disaster, which Disaster is one of those shows... You and I considered seeing and didn't. Yeah,
0: because I remember seeing lots of advertising and
1: we entered we, a bunch of lotteries and didn't win and didn't get tickets to anything. Yeah, and I regret that because I really wish we'd either seen Disaster or American Psycho.
0: Yeah, because we could have gotten tickets to those
1: easily. Uh, they might have paid us to go.
0: Yeah, uh, but uh, Roger, like, he's the only one that like made the character his own. Like, he's not doing a doc. Brown impression the whole time. Yeah. Which is really nice. Uh, and I think was like one of the few characters you can get away with doing that with. Uh, there's almost an element of like Doc Brown knows the medium he's in. Which was cool.
1: Yes. He would complain about... Uh, he, I don't know where these dancers keep coming from.
0: Yeah, he's the only one that when he sings backup dancers just appear.
1: I am realizing... That I think he was Leo Bloom the night I saw the producers. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm not positive. I'm kind of looking right now. I think he may have been Leo Bloom when I saw the producers. Very cool. Uh, he was also, I just pulled up his Playbill vault page, and he was uh, the original Snoopy and You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, in the revival cast that's like the main cast anybody knows. Mm-hmm. So, he's been in a lot of stuff. it's Frederick Frankenstein, not Victor. My bad. Oh. Young Frankenstein. They
0: changed his name. Didn't know that. Uh, And then the other one I saw was Hamilton, which is, of course, mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, and we saw that with a replacement cast. We we did not have original Broadway Mm. cast money. Uh,
0: Which is now, like, a lot of uh, people kind of view it the way that I know I viewed Rent, where I was just like, I'm over this. I get it's good, but I I don't... I don't care anymore. So I'm talking to you patrons. Uh, But yeah, it was, it was unbelievable to see live and the, the talent and the, uh, the production value of just doing so much with just a turntable is just unbelievable. Loved it.
1: I just cheated real bad on this assignment. I have a spreadsheet of every show I've ever seen live. I know you do. So I just went, wait a minute. I could make this way easier on myself. I it's it's one of those things. I have a very different thought about how I like view Mm -hmm. a regular show that went perfectly well is less interesting to me than like something where something happened. Yeah, I
0: mean, like I just brought up Hamilton, and it's one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. But I don't have like a story to tell you, other than the kid next to me kept playing with a fidget spinner, and I almost killed him.
1: Yeah, theater etiquette has been (laughs) rough. Um, But I'm looking through this and I I find it so interesting to see what shows I have seen multiple times. Any show I've seen multiple times, it's generally not multiple professional productions. Right. It's usually I've seen a professional production, a high school production. I'm I'm not very snotty about it.
0: Well, let me ask you this. What show have you seen the most?
1: That would have to be Les Miserables.
0: You saw Les Mis the most?
1: Yes. I have, based based on my calculations, I've seen Les Miserables at least five times. Wow. Uh, at a high school, mm-hmm. on the West End, on Broadway, and twice in Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, I used to see a lot of things on tour. Uh, my mom was really uncomfortable with New York City, mm-hmm. but she would take the Patco over into Philly whenever. So I used to see everything on tour. Yeah. I saw Seussicle on tour. I saw The Who's Tommy on tour. Uh, There's certain things I actually regret because I couldn't convince my mom to see Tick, Tick, Boom on tour. Ooh, that would have been good. Uh, There's certain shows that I just couldn't convince her to see. Uh, She had gotten me tickets to the Rocky Horror Show because it was supposed to tour. And then it got replaced in the uh, season.
0: Oh, really? And so we were
1: no longer able to see it. And I was really sad about it.
0: Yes. Do, but I
1: have seen Rocky Horror Show live twice.
0: Yeah, dear listener, that is still not checked off on my bingo card, is seeing Rocky Horror.
1: Someday. I have seen two productions of Ragtime in the same theater by different companies. Okay. Uh, just in the same, like, rentable theater. hmm Two different companies had done Ragtime. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's...
0: And any thoughts? <laughs> any memories to share? Or uh, just, I don't I, like Ragtime. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs>
1: Uh, the other one I would say, I've seen Avenue Q three times. I've seen Beauty and the Beast twice. Evil Dead the Musical twice within weeks of one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, so I'm trying to think of like another really good... Uh, I think there is... Th- these two shows are very inextricably link- linked in my head. I saw Fame the Musical in a Chorus Line. Okay, Within weeks of each other. Really? And these were both shortly before I turned 16. hmm And it really solidified, like, theater was going to remain an important part of my life forever. Where did you see Fame? Uh, I saw it at a regional theater.
0: Okay. Because I also saw Fame around that time. And I was like, would that be weird?
1: <laughs> so I saw it at, like, a community theater.
0: Okay, I saw it in Philly.
1: Yeah, no, I saw regional, like... Mm-hmm. This was a smaller local production. Okay. And A Chorus Line was also a smaller local production, but we had one inexplicably large professional house in my mm-hmm. region uh, that does not seem to run shows anymore, sadly. But they would run professional shows, and I was not sure there.
0: Oh, look at you.
1: Uh, I a few friends went to school much closer to it. And they were ushers there, they got me the gig, and they, like, I got to see Miss Saigon for free there. Nice. And, yeah, this is such a hard prompt for me, because, like, I've seen, by my newts, I've seen at least 82 shows. And I'm almost certain I'm missing some.
0: Why does this make it a hard prompt? It sounds like you have a lot to talk about.
1: Because I like, because how do I choose a few to talk about? The ones that have memories
0: tied to them. (laughs) They
1: all do, though. Well, then tell us one. I just put back to. I just, you just hear me peck in Back to the Future, so I had that in there, uh, which is my eighty-first musical. Uh, I'm going to talk about two that, again, they're linked. I saw them years apart. But they're linked for a very funny, similar reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows my mother regretted taking me to.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: my mom took me to a lot of shows when I was growing up. And she took me to Little Shop of Horrors. Okay. And uh, she had only ever seen the film with Rick Moranis and Ellen Green. And listeners, I'm sure you know that like the end of the movie is happy. Yeah. There's a reprise of Somewhere That's Green... The two of them live happily ever after. You see the plant in their garden, but like, mm-hmm. oh, it's the end. The musical doesn't quite end that way. Certainly not. I was 10 and my mother was not aware of this. Additionally, when she thought of the dentist, she thought of Steve Martin. Not some guy in leather assless chaps. Right. Right. Uh, this also happened right on the heels of we saw Grease, and my mom did not realize they would actually moon us. Mm-hmm. But we were in the nosebleed, so I didn't see a lot of butt. This this was a smaller community theater, and it was a lot. And then a few years later, she took me to see the full Monty. You know uh, what the full Monty. Of about?
0: course I do.
1: So it's my mom, in the title. my mom took a fifteen year old girl to see the full Monty. Oh. And was I guess not expecting. The Full Monty. Now, you don't see anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a reason it's not generally done in very small theaters. Uh, Because the way they do the Full Monty is there's usually lights behind the actors. Mm -hmm. And at the moment they take the last thing off, they are extremely backlit.
0: Yeah, so you get the silhouette.
1: So you get the silhouette, but you do not get... You do not see more Mm -hmm. of the actors than the actors want you to see. Yeah, and then they run backstage and they do curtain call and ropes, mm-hmm. And it's cute and fun and very silly. Uh, my mom was not prepared for that. Mm-hmm. And we saw it when I was in college in a relatively regional production that was a much smaller house in a matinee on a Wednesday. Do you know the stereotypes about like weekday matinees?
0: No. What would that be?
1: Uh especially in more in smaller houses, there's kind of a stereotype that it's gonna be an older crowd okay so I'm the youngest person in this audience, but at a solid twenty years
0: mm-hmm.
1: probably the next old like the next youngest person might be my mother, and it's a small theater. So when I run into one of the actors at Starbucks an hour later, he goes, you were just at the show. And I watched my mom die inside. As I'm like talking to one of the actors who I've just seen more of than we had anticipated.
0: Well, there's a moment where they get naked in hair. Yes. And I remember talking to the, one of the actors and I was like, so what's that like being naked on stage? He's like, it's the best. It's very freeing. I was like, "That's really cool."
1: <laughs> I don't think I could do it.
0: I've I've gotten down to underwear on stage on multiple occasions.
1: I will we'll talk about this if
0: yeah. I still have more more to say about things I've seen. So. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Uh, because I know the show that I've seen more than any other show is Jesus Christ Superstar. Because my mom loves Jesus Christ Superstar. So and we you went, went
1: to Catholic school.
0: So we went to see it a few times. And I can say that I've never seen a good production <laughs> of Jesus Christ Superstar. Like the the moments that like really stick out is there's the one version I saw where uh Judas does like there's like Judas hangs himself. And what they did was he looked at a projection of a noose, turned to the crowd and choked himself and went, (gasps) and then fell over. And I was like, this would have been better if you just went off stage. (laughs) Like, that is so corny.
1: It's notoriously difficult for uh, theaters with no budget to pull off the effect.
0: Oh, I'm not saying that they should have done the effect. I'm saying... That they choking it. yourself with your hands and then going, Bah is a bad decision as a replacement to that effect. Yeah. Uh, the other big memory I have is I saw like the official Jesus Christ Superstar tour, where Judas was played by the Judas from the film. Okay. And was incredible. And Jesus was played by Sebastian Bach of Skid Row and was miserable as jesus christ because like he kept trying to be a rock star uh but like the the moment that's in my mind is him trying to sing and him going if your slate is clean and you can throw stones
1: if it is not then
0: leave her alone and i was like did you give up how did
1: Gethsemane work it. Because Gethsemane is notoriously one of the most difficult songs in musical theater. How how do you deal with that?
0: Uh, I just remember like halfway through giving up and like not really fully paying attention. Like I would have left if I could have. And then at the end, because Jesus and Judas were the big stars, they both ran out for like extra uh Applause time?
1: Yeah, like an encore curtain call.
0: Yeah, they did an encore curtain call. And they were thrown flowers and Sebastian Bach ate them. Because he's a rock star. (sighs) Sebastian Bach was not... I saw it in Philadelphia. A friend of mine had tickets to it. Uh, for a later performance. And by the time he had gone, Sebastian Bach had been fired.
1: Wow. And replaced
0: with another actor.
1: Wow. He was
0: abysmal as Jesus.
1: Wow. You're an abysmal
0: Jesus.
1: <laughs> you're a bad... You wrote a bad Jesus.
0: Yeah. You're a bad Jesus, Petey. Yeah, that was... Uh, it's a, It's a shame. Like, there's some really good music in Jesus Christ Superstar. But, like, every time I've tried, it's been... Um, but along the same lines of your, your full Monty story <laughs> uh, I do need to tell this story Where I went and saw Medea Oh boy Not not Tyler Perry The old Greek show Medea Right Where Medea kills her children Despite her husband Jason And then flies away on a chariot Right That is That is the plot to that uh, so I saw this uh, as part of a field trip when I was a freshman in high school, and okay. we saw a college showing of *Medea*, and it was gender swapped. Okay. So Medea was a man, Jason was a woman, and nobody wore shirts. Nobody. Okay. They wore pasties. Ooh. But nobody wore shirts. And the the issue with it was, like, everybody was, like, mature about it. And then there was a lot of jumping. And once the jumping began, it was really hard to focus. And I remember talking to my teacher about it. And she was like, what did you think? And I was like... I thought it was a very interesting interpretation of the play. We had just read it in class. I was like, I thought it was interesting. And then she went, too much jumping, though. And I was like, yeah, right? (laughs) They might as well have had trampolines. Uh, It was was an uncomfortable situation for everyone involved.
1: How'd your teacher
0: do? My teacher had to come back and, like, explain to the principal what had happened. Uh, That was... It didn't stop us from going on more field trips, uh, though we did have an incident about field trips a couple years later. Uh, we went and saw... There was a play that we went to, or our playhouse in Philly we went to pretty often. Uh, we saw The Lovers. Okay. Are you familiar with The Lovers? Faintly. It, it's, two, it's basically two one acts. Uh, one is called The Winners, where uh, the lovers both end up dead. And Yay. the other is called the Losers, where they end up together but miserable, and okay. it's just kind of like this: what what is good about love and all this other stuff? It's nice, uh, but we saw Copenhagen. Okay. Do you know Copenhagen? Yes. It's about like the discovery of the atomic bomb. It was in partially the round, like two quarters. Two quarters. Half. It was like angled. Huh. And the the, uh, stage was just a circle. Okay. And with a bench on it. And as the lights went down, for some reason, everyone was like, ooh, lights are going down. And I remember someone screaming like, don't touch me there. Like, uh. And... Adult. It was so boring.
1: Oh. It was
0: three actors on a plain stage with a bench talking for two hours. That's rough. That like people started to fall asleep. Yeah. And like I remember like getting comfortable uh, because I went to a theater school. I think that's kind of important. Yeah. And theater folks are very touchy. So like we were leaning on each other. And afterwards, we all had to write a report about whether or not we should be allowed to go on field trips after this. Because we were so disrespectful. (gasps) Uh, One of my friends stole all their programs. Okay. And uh, as punishment, he had to either send them back and admit what he did. Or write a rave review and make a donation. And he chose the first thing because he couldn't get himself to write a good review of this show. Wow. And, uh, I just remember writing this paper of just like, while it is my job as an audience member to like enjoy the show, it is their job to entertain me. And they failed to do that. And while I did not do anything, uh, to disrupt the performance, like I had to do something because I was still sitting in a chair for two hours with nothing to do. Yeah, <laughs> like like I it was a really like rough experience, and like I didn't act inappropriately in my opinion, but some of our other classmates were not as poised as me at the, in the face of boredom. But man, they whew, that show haunts me. <laughs>
1: It's so funny because the I went on a I was never taken to a Broadway show on a field trip, which I think mm. is very interesting because uh, growing up in like Philly Metro, you would think yeah that we would. what uh, we did go. We get to go to the Lincoln Center mm-hmm. and see Sweeney Todd.
0: Ooh, very nice.
1: Our parents were all just like, Oh, right, you're gonna go see the Eating People musical. Have fun." Mm-hmm. No, no parent cared.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Sweeney Todd actually might be up there with Les Mis for shows I've seen a lot. Mm -hmm. I saw a weird production in like a church in Philly that like a friend of a friend was in. Okay. One of those, uh, I didn't drive until Mm -hmm. I was 21. Okay. So a lot of my high school and college experience was getting in a car and being like, guess I'm going wherever we're going.
0: Mm -hmm. Because
1: I don't have a car and I don't really have any say. Let's go. So like... Oh, I guess we're seeing Sweeney Todd tonight. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was like my big field trip. A lot of Broadway shows, I've, I've seen more Broadway shows than you, but a lot of it was uh, group group rate in college, yeah, yeah. like the bus trip. Right. You would, every semester there'd be the bus trip mm-hmm. and you'd pay way less than you'd ever pay any other way and you'd get the bus and New York hmm And a show. Never the big show. Like, you weren't seeing whatever the biggest show was. You just weren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you weren't getting tickets at a group rate to that. Uh, I got to see The Wedding Singer with Stephen Lynch.
0: That's incredible.
1: And Laura Benanti. Like, I did see the John Doyle Sweeney Todd. Again, Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, se- second separate production of Sweeney Todd. I've seen yeah. two New York professional. I didn't try to enter the Josh Groban lottery. Uh, but that needs to be done several days in advance, mm-hmm. apparently. So we got to see Spring Awakening. And I believe most of the original Broadway cast was still there. I think it was the very end of them being there. Right. And Avenue Q, the only Broadway play I've seen on Broadway.
0: Oh, jeez, so lucky! Uh,
1: I saw it with the original Broadway cast. My seventeenth birthday gift, uh, because I figured out that that was just what I wanted. I wanted to be taken to New York mm-hmm. and to go see a show. Now we we would do like Sunday matinees, right? Most of the time we wouldn't. St- we we only stayed that one time because mm-hmm. it was my sixteenth birthday. The rest of the time we would just like get up super early, get the train in New York. Do New York, do the show, and then get the train back and be home by, like, 10. hmm But I got to see it with, like, Stephanie DeBruzzo, John Tartaglia, Rick Lyon. The entire original Broadway cast was still yeah. there. Because that was what I wanted for my birthday.
0: That's a great gift. <laughs>
1: yeah, until you have to watch Puppets Have Sex with your mom sitting next to you. Yeah, I understand My mom that. laughed in my face during that scene. Because she was laughing at me... Willing myself to die in that chair. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm 17. I'm like the prime. I'm like, Ugh, Yeah. My mom is watching this with me. But you
0: didn't have any problem with the full Monty.
1: I was, you didn't see anything. You saw more of those puppets. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. You was, I was also like, the John Golden Theater is much smaller. Mm. And uh, the seats I had for a full Monty were cheaper. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we, we tended to get cheap seats for these shows in Philly. Yeah. Uh, We'd get better seats for New York. Because my privilege is going to show real bad right here. Uh, the Philly shows were not gifts. Yeah. They were activities I did with my family. Right, right. The New York shows were presents. So mm. more money was spent on better seats. Because these were like, I'd get to see a show on Broadway once a year tops if I was lucky. Yeah. My mom went to see curtains with me because she wanted to see a murder mystery with David Hyde Pierce.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
1: So that was like one of the other Broadway shows. Because there was a time period when I was in college and college-aged where I got to see more Broadway shows than any other period of my life.
0: Right. Here's
1: an odd question for
0: you. Because it it seemed like all the shows that you saw were like destinations. Like, oh, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. Have you had any experiences where you went to a show... Completely blind and unaware of what you were about to witness.
1: Um, have I ever just gone into New York, gotten tickets and hoped for the best? Or have I ever gone to a show and know nothing going in?
0: Know nothing going in. Like, going in completely blind.
1: Mamma Mia. You didn't know anything about Mamma Mia when you saw it? I knew the song Dancing Queen and that's a bone <laughs> Um, I, I didn't know it. My mom wanted to see Mamma Mia. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see Evita, which was running in Philly right around the same time. Uh, but because there was a blizzard, Sound of Music got canceled, and my field trip got moved to Evita, Mm-hmm. Because they took us to Avita on a field trip. And then my mom was like, okay, well, I'm not spending money on tickets to Avita. I want to go see Mamma Mia. Let's go see Mamma Mia. Yeah. I knew the song Dancing Queen, and that was it. And I absolutely adored Mamma Mia.
0: Yeah, Mamma is a good show.
1: Well, what show did you go in blind to?
0: So many. Because a lot of my theater experiences came from ACTF. And at ACTF, like, there were originals. Like, I saw stuff that you will never see again. Uh, I I saw a show. I I saw it. Every ACTF show was put on twice. And I went and made sure I saw this one twice. I want to say it was called, like, Little Monsters. Okay. It was, the stage was completely bare except for pieces of foam and they would kind of like move the foam around to create different settings. And it was the story of a detective. No detective lawyer, maybe a lawyer where yeah. Lawyer where this uh, boy with autism accidentally kills his neighbor. And the cop who's also a friend of the lawyer Mm. forgets to read him as Miranda writes so he's like oh my god I can get him off and it's like this moral quandary of like how responsible can we hold this kid and like it's my job now to disgrace my friend who failed to do proper etiquette and that's the only reason this kid's getting off
1: yeah like he didn't do procedure
0: yeah and at the end, uh, he gets him off. He gets the kid off. And he like, like we're, we kind of have this moment of like, yay, our protagonist won. And then he goes to talk to the kid and the kid 100% knows what he did. And it's just kind of like, Oh, no. What has our system done? And the, the performance of everyone and watching like that actor like break down of like, oh, I did my job correctly, and now we're at this. Oh, so well done. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, I saw the life of Leonardo da Vinci,
1: I believe. Okay,
0: by an entirely deaf cast. So, everything was done through, like... ASL. There was no ASL. Oh. It was all done through mime and lighting and sound. Like, they danced through light cues. Like, it was so brilliantly done, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And right before we started... I was with a group of my friends and I explained what the sign language for applause was, which is basically jazz hands. Yes. And I was like, we all know how to applaud. Right. And they're like, yeah, no, you put your hands together. I was like, no, 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 They're all deaf. It's, it's gotta be like this. And they thought I was lying. And I was like, no, this is applause. This is like, we need to know this. And the show was brilliant. And then there was a silent standing ovation and that was such a weird incredible thing to be a part of it's just like
1: and was, were the did the performers like kind of visibly oh yeah like have that cuz that's a moment i always really love is when mm. the performer visibly like is it, Almost thrown.
0: It was it was great afterwards seeing them leave the theater and like excitingly signing to each other about it. It was like very cool. And I, I told everyone to see it. And the second show ended up getting canceled because they couldn't get it together. Aww. And it was like, oh, oh yeah, because I bet this is impossible to put together. Because I remember there was a moment where they tried to get the director to come out who was backstage But what do you do? (laughs) They're in the other room, and they can't hear us. Yeah, and there's
1: no, like, Big Brother or God Mike.
0: So, yeah, it was truly something spectacular to witness. And it's devastating that they only got one performance, because it was so good.
1: Something magical about live theater is that you can see the performer see you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw Back to the Future. Yes. And the actor who played Goldie Wilson... Is incredible,
0: absolutely.
1: And I know that doesn't seem like a, a role that usually gets a lot of uh, gets a lot of love, but they did a lot to make that part expanded. Mm-hmm. And he got a huge ovation after his big number, and you could kind of watch him almost break a little. Yeah, because. He's a supporting character. He wasn't expecting that.
0: But this is a breakout role for this guy. And
1: like... it was a voracious opening night crowd, and uh, we were we were talking to people who had come all the way from the UK mm-hmm. to see this, and it was it was just like this really magical moment, and. Uh, the actor, Jelani Remy has been in other things.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, however, it was kind of the, this is his first, like, this is his first role where he's starting in a Broadway cast. Mm. He was an understudy in A Swing in Ain't Too Proud, and he was a Simba replacement in Lion King. This is his first, like, big originating the role. Yeah, on Broadway. So this is it. It was very lovely.
0: Yeah, it was. Ooh, he, keep keep your eye on him because he's he's something else. Uh, another another story I just need to tell is uh, I saw a show. I believe it was called A Thousand Brides for a Thousand Brothers. Cool. it was supposed to be a take on what is it? Eight brides, seven for, or seven brides for seven brothers. And it was the strangest play I've ever seen. And, like, I think they intentionally tried to bore you. Oh. Because, like, we were sitting there and, like, I'm trying to follow the plot. And then we get to this one point where they literally sat on stage and listed nouns. Oh. Like, it was two characters on stage just being, like, a feather. A dung beetle. A puddle. A screwdriver. I was like, what is happening right now?
1: That sounds incredibly and, like, boring. we
0: were all, like, you watched people kind of get uncomfortable. Because, like, I remember, like, looking at the people next to me, like, what are we supposed to be getting out of this? And as I looked around the theater, the rest of the theater was doing it as well. And then the uh, the brides murder all the brothers. Okay. In insane detail. Okay. Uh, The one that I really remember, because it happened right in front of me, because I was like third row. Uh, She invites him into the bath. She stabs him in the chest and pulls out his intestines. I was like, what is happening? I was just screaming into my hands. Oh. And like... (laughs) That and them naming nouns are the only two real memories I have of this show. (laughs) But it is burned in here forever. And I do, like, I need to say, uh, sometimes at the American College Theater Festival, the shows are open to the public. Okay. Because when it was in Philadelphia, they were. Seeing a show with nothing but, like, theater nerds is incredible. I saw... The old lady from Szechuan, I think her name was. Okay. And it's a play about this woman who lives with her mother who has dementia in, like, her old village. And she doesn't really get to have a life because she's always with her mother. And her mother is kind of manipulating her. Right. So she actually ends up having a relationship with this guy. And her mother catches him and throws him out and he has to go away to like war i think so she write he writes her a letter saying like this was the greatest night of my life like i wait for me i will be back for you and gives it to his brother and tells his brother you put this letter in her hand mm-hmm. to no one else but her and then the next scene it's just the brother and the mother ...waiting for her to come home from the market. And it's just him being like, I don't want to be here. Can I just give this letter to you? And you give it to her? And you know if he does that, she's going to rip it up. Yeah. And, like, so many moments of him, like, about to hand this letter over. And the crowd going... (laughs) Ooh. No. <laughs> no. And like to to feel that energy of the entire room being like <gasps> so electric and knowing like the actors hear that. Yeah. They, they know that they're they're pulling the strings and they got gotcha. you. It's so good. It was so good. Like ACTF was such a special time for me and like God, I wish I could go back to, to just one more and yeah. just, like, see these shows again.
1: Uh, my school did not have a theater major, so I never I never mm-hmm. went to one. Uh, I find it very interesting. Uh, my school did not have a theater program, uh, but I did get to do and see a lot of theater. Uh, it's interesting. I, I really mostly think about musicals. I know I've seen straight plays, but I a lot of them... There's one that stands out that I just, like... It stands out because I literally don't remember anything about it. It was called Line. Line? And it was just actors standing in line.
0: Ooh. That, that kind of sounds...
1: And, like, unfortunately, because it was called... It's an absurdist drama about five people waiting in line for an event. But the what the event is is never made clear. Oh. It's absurdist theater... Uh, I don't love Absurdist Theater. Uh,
0: I, I can get behind it if it's short. Yeah, it was... I can't deal with like two and a half hours of waiting for Cato.
1: Uh It's very inter- It was a one act, but it's very interesting. I'm looking up the Wikipedia and it was the longest running off-off Broadway show. Mm-hmm. And it had been playing at the 13th Street Repertory Theater from 1974 to 2018. So that is the production I saw. Uh, Off-Off-Broadway means it's fewer than 100 seats. Okay. And I believe Off-Broadway is fewer than 500 seats. Okay. Broadway is 500 or more. And I believe there are seats... There are Broadway houses that sit as many as... I believe the largest one is the Gershwin, which is about 1,800 seats. Okay. Uh, The Gershwin has been the home to Wicked for the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh, the next largest ones are the Disney theaters, where uh, Lion King and Aladdin play. Right. And the smaller ones are ones like the Lyceum, the John Golden, the Helen Hayes. Uh, those are mostly theaters where you're going to see uh, straight plays. Okay. The John Golden's actually where The Shark's Broken is currently playing.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I do want to see that. That does sound pretty good. Uh I was going to say we, we need to switch to to shows we were in, but we're, we're kind of already running long. So Do we that, want to
1: talk about negative experiences we've had? And I was
0: about to say, we didn't really have many negative experiences. Well, I talked about a couple of mine, but yeah. you didn't get a chance. So I think we might have to make this a two-parter because I, I definitely want to spend time on some of that.
1: Uh, are we talking about negative experiences now, or are we splitting our own experiences into the next episode? No, no,
0: tell, tell us about your, your negative experiences in the theater, because I've already named a few of mine.
1: So I, I know you know this one. Uh, the only show I've ever kind of wanted to leave was We Will Rock You.
0: Oh, which posh, you- <laughs> posh, posh.
1: And, like, I'm not a theater snob. Uh, I had a Sondheim phase where I only liked Sondheim for a little bit of my life. Mm-hmm. But I was well out of that by the time this happened. We Will Rock You, and I love the music of Queen. Uh, we Will Rock You is the only show where I was like, I could leave it an in our mission and be cool with that.
0: So twice, I went to Toronto to see it. And then saw it again when it was in Philly with you, and was so excited for you to love it along with oh me. Oh my god, I hated
1: it so much! It's
0: sci. It's a science fiction musical, which is what Queen would have wanted. They loved Flash Gordon.
1: Yeah, you know, it's what,
0: very much in the spirit of Flash Gordon.
1: Uh, it actually, I think the things that were bad about it were the attempts to make it pop culture zeitgeisty. I think if they'd stayed more timeless like a Flash Gordon, it would have been better.
0: You didn't like that all the characters were named after famous pop
1: stars? Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, for those of you who don't know, uh, it is the future and the Earth uh, is now known as Planet Mall, and all music is created by machines. There are no artists anymore. So all we hear is Internet Gaga and the Killer Queen, who is in charge, is trying to stop uh, the Bohemians from rising. And th- those are people like uh, Scalamouche and, uh, what's the other guy's name? Galileo. Galileo. Galileo Figaro, uh, who are the resistance, uh, who join up with people like Britney Spears. And, and Meat. And Meat, and <laughs> who uh, have heard the, the, the long forgotten records and are inspired by these past artists
1: i i will give it this i think if you got a couple of new writers and did a substantial rewrite to the book and like got rid of planet mall because that's not relevant anymore yeah but really picked up like the ai angle yeah i think like you could do something with the show
0: yeah a lot of the punchlines are Moose being like, that sounds like crap, which is not as strong of a punchline as the, it should be. Uh,
1: the book is very weak.
0: The book is weak? Yeah.
1: I mean, the music and lyrics are great. They're queen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I also remember there's an infuriating moment where they realize where the Hall of the Bohemians is and they're like, we know where it is, just now how do we get there? And they all stand up and say, Bicycle? And Scalabouche goes, Nah, we're not doing that. And they don't sing Bicycle. And it's like, Bicycle's listed in the program. Just to fool you. It's like, you don't take Bicycle away. Don't take Bicycle <laughs> It's one of
1: the best Queen songs. Yeah, like that one stands out as like, there was nothing wrong with the performance. Mm-hmm. There was nothing wrong with the effects. It's just... A bad book can really hurt a show.
0: I listened to the soundtrack like a week ago.
1: It's really good. (laughs) Uh, I want to talk about an experience I'm still mad about, even though... Sure. uh, It's an experience I didn't get. All right. I won tickets to the sound check for the musical American Idiots. Yeah. And I was a poor student and I couldn't... Like, I didn't want to ask anyone for money... Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the money to get to New York and back. Like, living like in Philly Metro, the train was expensive, and so I didn't go. And Green Day just did a pop-up concert for the people who had won tickets. Yeah. And I, it reminded me of like the soundtrack. I like the soundtrack to American Day a lot. Oh, yeah. I think it's a show that would be very... I think it's a show that will probably be revived kind of mm-hmm. soon.
0: Yeah, I think the musical version of uh, Jesus of Suburbia, I think, is superior that, to Green Days.
1: Uh, same with Last of the American Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are just versions. I actually really like the arrangement of 21 Guns. Yeah, too.
0: it's it's a lot softer and nicer.
1: Uh, I, I really like the arrangements. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that like Broadway singers are just in another caliber doesn't hurt either. Right. But I think with Y2K nostalgia, I think there's a really good chance we get like an off-Broadway mounting or another Broadway mounting of American Idiot.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: You know what I'd love to see get a revival? Sorry, this is just... I'd love to see someone remount Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson in a post-Hamilton world.
0: Yeah, I think that now would be a fun time for that.
1: Because that's the emo Andrew Jackson musical. Right. Uh, I think that would be super, super interesting Uh, I I don't have, like, a lot of shows where I'm like, oh, the first show I ever hated. We talked about shows where we went in blind. Mm -hmm. I I was 10 years old and I didn't know anything about Carousel. Mm. I hate Carousel. I know you do. I didn't hate Carousel walking into that theater. I hated Carousel when I left. Uh, I had a lot of problems with older Broadway shows because just... The very casual treatment of Billy Bigelow hitting Julie, mm-hmm. and that not being a deal breaker, rough. And then yeah. the whole thing is like, Billy Bigelow is kind of an awful person, and the whole show is like redeeming him. Yeah, I'm like he sucks.
0: Yes, he does suck,
1: <laughs> and I, I don't love Ragtime.
0: <laughs> yeah. I understand. For
1: a show I've had to see multiple times. That's a show I've seen multiple times because people I knew were in it. Yeah. You went to a theater school. You've had to see things because I, people you knew were in them. I
0: despise You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. I've seen that multiple times to see Friends. And I hate Into the Woods. I just absolutely hate Into the Woods. And I, I saw it because... People I knew were in it, and
1: uh, yeah, don't don't care for that. I actually really love Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's funny? I've never seen Into the Woods live. Really? Uh, there's a. I almost need a second sheet on this spreadsheet of like ones I've seen pro shots or filmed mm-hmm. or the movie.
0: Yeah, like Diana. Uh,
1: yeah, because like I didn't see it live, but I saw the pro shot,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which I really love pro shots because of that because uh for instance heathers ran very briefly off broadway it ran off west end for five years it's actually just announced a closing date on the west end but we have an english pro shot yeah from the west end production
0: uh quick quick into the woods story could
1: be a, that could be a stay doomed episode now that i'm thinking about it yeah we we might get desperate soon so uh
0: quick into the woods story uh my girlfriend at the time was in it and she was playing the Baker's wife,
1: Baker's wife I think.
0: No, Jack's mother.
1: Oh, those are very different. Yeah, Jack's Baker's mother. wife is like one of the leads. Yeah.
0: Uh, she was playing Jack's mother and uh, she forgot the words and just went do 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 do. Oh. Uh, and we roasted her pretty hard because the words she forgot from the song were in fact
1: into, into the, the woods. woods. <laughs> Du-du-du-du. Oh my! I love into the woods. Like you just did that. And I went like, in my mind went into the woods to find the father.
0: Yeah. She, she said to do to do, and then said the Baker's wife's line instead. <laughs> and, and then Jack was like to sell a friend.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really bad. Yeah. Oh. It was, it was
0: funny. And it's, it's fun to poke fun at people <laughs> <laughs> bullying is great No, it, it was it was a great inside joke for a while I,
1: I mean I've seen I, I don't want to talk about like non-professional productions I did not enjoy
0: oh I will um, I, I did many times <laughs> during just, this podcast just
1: because like I don't want my I don't want friends I, I don't know if any of my friends listen to this but I, I don't want them to hear like I really hated this production you were in.
0: Well, when we record part two of this, it's going to be about stuff we were in. So I hope you get real cool with that real quick.
1: Because um, there was a production where the, the euphemism is always telling someone they were good in a production. You were
0: great. Yeah.
1: Um, there was a show where I couldn't even bring myself to tell my friend that they were good in the production. Because mm. the production was bad and my friend was kind of bad, too. Yeah,
0: yeah. it was just bad. Um, she, told, she told him that the lights were good.
1: Yeah, the tech wasn't even that great. Uh, I think my the, seat
0: was comfortable. Yeah,
1: it was all right. um, I was alright. I think one we shared that you did not enjoy this experience, but I, it's one of my all-time Ride or Die favorite shows we saw the City Center Encore's production of Assassins a few years ago. Yeah, And I, something, I, I love Assassins. I think it might just not be for me. <laughs> I See, part of me isn't sure if it's the show is not for you. Because uh, I did not particularly enjoy the production we saw mm. either. Uh, City Center Encore's, they tend to be a little less rehearsed. They tend to only run for a week or so. They're almost more like a staged concert. Yeah. And people have scripts in front of them. And sometimes these productions transfer. Uh, That's becoming increasingly common. I believe uh, Into the Woods recently. The recent revival of Into the Woods started as a City Centers production. Right. So it's a very, like, kind of a bare stage. Not a lot of setting. And this production went very original to the 90s script. Mm-hmm. They didn't pull the trick with the Balladeer, and that bummed me out. The balladeer was played by a black actor mm-hmm. And the director did not choose to make any interesting choices regarding how the Balladeer and Booth interacted.: Yeah, which I think Ballad of Booth has a little bit of a malice to it toward the end, mm-hmm. Even in the uh, 2004 production with Neil Patrick Harris playing the balladeer, there's a little venom from the balladeer toward the end of, like, he is the least sympathetic to Booth out of all of the assassins. Right. And I would have liked a lot more of that venom from this balladeer, considering that Booth says slurs, and Booth, like... Really, I mean, he's, he's a racist. Mm-hmm. And I think you could have really leaned into that venom from the Balladeer and like kind of had that be like, the Balladier hates Booth. Because Booth does not believe the Balladeer deserves human rights.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, the trick with the Balladeer, and I, I'm not going to really consider this a spoiler, because pretty much every production of Assassins post-2004 does this. The Balladeer eventually becomes Lee Harvey Oswald. Right. Uh, In the take a look Lee scene, it's actually the balladeer we've grown to know and love and befriend over the entire show is ultimately seduced by the assassins to become Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm -hmm. And when done right, it's incredible. It's chilling. It's beautiful. And I I felt like that was something I really missed. Yeah. Uh, It was Corey Michael Smith who played... Edward Nigma on
0: Gotham. Gotham
1: as Oswald, which I was really excited by because I thought he was going to be both. And then I was like, oh, it's two different actors. Oh, but they're going to do some really cool stuff. Oh, no, they no, didn't. No, they didn't. They didn't really do anything. He was good. I, I felt, I wish they had done more cool stuff with that production. Yeah,
0: But like, yeah, I, I remember leaving that just being like, oh, so that's assassins. And you being like, no, it's not. There should, there should
1: be so much more. I was like, all right. It, it's a shame. It's... An incredible show. Because
0: I believe, like, when we got back, there was, like, a local production of Assassins about to happen. You were like, look, we could see a good version. I was like, no, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done with this show. We, I tried.
1: I regrettably also just missed a production uh, where my friend played the balladeer. Right. I was unable to make it, and I'm still, like, kind of bummed out about it. Um. Yeah, I, I really... There are a lot of shows I really love. And then there's shows that... You realize later, you're like, oh, maybe not. Uh, thoroughly Modern Millie is a show I think about a lot. Yeah. Of, I really liked the show when I was younger. And then when you watch it a little older, you're like, oh, this show is very racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show is so racist. Uh, it was cut off because of COVID, but they were originally planning a complete rewrite. Really? With an Asian... To make
0: a, it Thoroughly Modern.
1: Yes, Uh, it was. People were calling it thoroughly racist, Millie. Oh, uh, and they were going to have uh, Ashley Park from Mean Girls, I believe, playing Millie, and having. I'm just checking this, making sure I have the right. Yes, so Ashley Park was intended to play Millie in a City Center's encore production with a rewritten book. Interesting. Uh, because the show was pretty racist, uh, there's a whole plot point where a character pretends to be Chinese-American. Ooh! And it's as bad as I am implying. Cool. Real yeah. cool. And often white actors playing Chinese characters. Uh, it's not... It was briefly a very heavily done show, Mm -hmm. and then almost like the internet showed up and was like, hey guys, and we were all like, oh, oh yeah, that's bad. So almost overnight, it became a, it went from being a very heavily produced high school and college show to a show you almost never see. Interesting. uh, Because of the racism.
0: Uh, So any last minute stories, anything else you want to throw out there?
1: I love theater.
0: I love theater too going up
1: to New York and seeing back to the future made me desperately want to go see more live theater. yeah, I'm same. now like, I'm I missed
0: you theater. We've been in covid times for so long,
1: yeah, I think that's it is like theater was one of the last things I kind of like got back to, mm-hmm. and Broadway is clearly not quite back yet,
0: yeah, it's still a little awkward.
1: uh, it's the haves and the have nots. I actually pulled up the grosses, and it's very much either. Uh, you are in just really just doing great and you're running at 95% or you are running at 56, 72, 80% and it's hard for a show to run on that.
0: Uh, before we go, I, I think one thing I'd like to throw out is uh, I saw a fantastic version of Mikado. Okay. Uh, Mikado is a show about a town uh, where it's kind of like a commune on their own, setting their own laws. And uh, one person is set to be executed. Okay. uh, And they didn't like, nobody wants to kill him. So they make him the executioner. And. It's like this weird situation where, like, if you don't do your job, you'll be fired. So you got to cut your own head off unless you find someone else to be executed in your stead. And, like, an outsider wanders in and, like, doesn't have anything to live for. So it's like, can I execute you so I can live? <laughs> and it is, I believe, a Japanese show.
1: It's a Gilbert and Sullivan operetta.
0: Yes, but it was rewritten uh, by this theater company, and they filled it with sitcom references. So just like every couple moments, it was like, "Oh yeah, welcome to my town. This is my brother Daryl. This is my other brother Daryl." So like to include all these like weird TV references really spoke to me, who's do who does this show. <laughs> so I want to shout out Mikado. Because it was a very weird experience, but I had a ball. We will come back and we will do another episode of Tune Out where we'll talk about our actual theater performances because we are both trained actors with quite the catalog of stage performances.
1: And a lot of mine will probably be stuff I did crew for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll
0: I'll include some crew stories as well because that's also really fun. But uh, thank you for joining us for this episode of Tune Out. Uh, This is, of course, the podcast we're doing instead of Stay Doomed uh, during the strike. Uh, For information on how you can support the strike, there are links below. Uh, Where can people find us?
1: Uh, We didn't get a new email address. So you can email us at the Stay Doomed Show or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. We didn't start new social accounts for this.
0: Yeah. And if you want to talk to me about... uh, ACTF, if any of you have actually went to the American College Theater Festival, I'm at Plus Two Comedy on X.
1: And if you want to just kind of talk about, you know, your favorite live theater experiences, I'm at Priorities on X and I'm at Glitter and Glow Tape everywhere else. Until next time, tune out. Tune out. (laughs)